Hello there, this is Monica Reinagel of The Change Academy, and I wanted to jump in here just in case you're listening to this podcast for the first time. In the episode that you're about to listen to, you'll hear me and my co-host, Brock Armstrong, with whom I launched this show back in 2020. But change has come to The Change Academy. Although Brock is still an important part of our team, he's no longer co-hosting the show. We talk all about that in episode number 102 if you're curious to learn more. I hope that the Change Academy will continue to be part of your listening life going forward. But right now, please enjoy this episode from our archive. All right, all right, take your seats, everyone. This time, we're examining how to update our internal software. Take your seats, everyone. Thanks. Hello, this is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we give you the tools and strategies that can help you create sustainable, positive change in your habits, in your mindset, and in your life. I'm Monica Reinagel. And I'm Brock Armstrong, and I'm more excited than ever because we are starting off something really cool this week. Yeah, happy new year and a special series to go with it. Yeah. Okay, I'll set the stage before we dive into this. If you've ever owned a motor vehicle, or in my case, a really fancy bike, you know that doing some routine maintenance, like getting your oil changed, checking your tire pressure, all that kind of stuff, can keep your vehicle running well and on the road for a much longer time than if you (laughs) ignore that stuff. But every so often, a more comprehensive tune-up is required. Similarly, healthy habits like eating well and getting some exercise and managing your stress also go a long way toward keeping your your body vehicle running a lot smoother as well. But again, every once in a while, our lives can benefit from a more thorough going over. So in that spirit, we've created this series that we're kicking off today called the 50,000 mile tune-up for your life. And Whether or not you're currently having any warning lights flashing, or you feel like you're actually cruising down the road pretty well, we still invite you to join us for the next several weeks for a system-by-system inspection and overhaul of your health, your habits, your outlook, and your ambitions. Yeah, this has actually been in the works for a very long time, and it's exciting to actually be kicking it off. I have to say, Monica is the, what should we call you, the head mechanic (laughs) behind this idea. (laughs) That's right. I'm the garage supervisor. That's right. So the first step in this 50,000 mile tune-up is to update the software in our onboard computer, if you will. And what we mean by that is we want to examine the stories we've been told and any beliefs that we might hold about the aging process. Yeah. No matter how old you are, whether you're in your 30s, 50s, 70s, we all have certain expectations or beliefs about what it's going to be like when we get older. And those expectations may be positive or negative. In most cases, it's probably a mix of both. And those beliefs and expectations about aging vary widely from culture to culture and even individual to individual. But just because we believe something, that doesn't mean that it's true. I think of beliefs as thoughts that we've just heard or repeated to ourselves so many times that we no longer stop to question their validity. But in reality, our beliefs may be based in objective facts or subjective experience, or observation, even superstition, Mm. hearsay, 
misinformation, or sometimes just incomplete information. Right. And once again, I would say it's probably a mix of all of those. It likely very well is. And I'm glad that you said that you brought up that whether you're 30, 40, or 50, anyone who's listening right now and thinking, oh, this is only for old people. (laughs) (laughs) Like me and Brock? Yeah, like us. Don't, Don't let that sneak into your head because, you know, if you start nailing down this stuff, in your 20s or your 30s even, you will be setting yourself up for so much more success down the road. So it's never too soon to start thinking this way. So please don't turn off the podcast and and tune out for the next several weeks. This is for you as well. I think this can be really helpful. And part of that is because a lot of the beliefs that we adopt actually come in those times in our lives and even earlier because a lot of the beliefs we have are actually from our parents, they're from our teachers, they're from our caregivers, they're from TV, they're from movies, they're from commercials mostly, Mm. I'd say that's a big contributor, and also from our friends. And they all contribute to our sort of core belief system or our programming, really, the programming of that onboard computer. And unless you actually take some time to examine these beliefs and how do you actually know where they came from? And if they're actually yours, if you actually believe in them, are they true? Are they true for you? Exactly. Now, one of the main strategies to achieve a major lifestyle change or just breaking some old habits. Yeah, is, even a minor lifestyle change. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just changing one tiny little thing. A great way to do that is to take some time to examine those beliefs that that are supporting some of <laughs> those unhelpful behaviors that you may be engaging in. Some of the beliefs that we actually, as a society, tend to attach to being an adult, and I'm making air quotes there, have actually just been passed on through the generations without any second thought having been applied to them at all. So let's say you stopped playing sports or you stopped having a whole bunch of hobbies as you got older because you believe that as an adult, you should be focusing on your career. Well, That might be a belief that is worth examining, looking at how that is actually serving you. Or if you find that your evenings are now revolving all around the TV and the couch because somehow you believe that an adult is too old to be going out after dark, well, we might want to look into seeing what else might actually be true. What other belief could be in there? Yeah, I think that first one is particularly true that we get serious. We've got to build our careers. We get ambitious and it feels like everything else is just sort of trivial stuff that doesn't deserve our attention. But of course, yeah. those are the things that build a well-rounded life and a well-rounded body. So we don't want to throw those away just because we're grown-ups. Like we sacrifice the things that bring us the most joy to get serious and focus mm. on, yeah, no on need. a career. So really like taking time to shine a light on those beliefs that you've likely never really thought about before because they're common knowledge is the term that I think we uh, often apply to it. And then taking the time to ask yourself, where did this idea come from? Do I really believe this? What else could be true? Well, this is a great place to start. You know, I just want to say this isn't about denying reality. Yeah. Obviously, our bodies do change as we go through life. Our lives, our responsibilities change as we go through life. But most of all, our bodies change, right? Mm. There are going to be various parts that are going to start to show some wear and tear. 
And our hormone production changes in ways both subtle and not so subtle as we go through life. And Mm -hmm. all of this does contribute to changes in the way that our bodies look, feel, and function as we go through life. I think the point that we want to make here is that a lot of the signs of quote-unquote aging that we see both in ourselves and in others around us are actually not the result of those biological changes but actually reflect the impact of choices that we're making. And some of those choices may be based on false assumptions about what's possible. So we don't have to accept that conventional story about what's possible or what's normal for people in any phase of their lives. Yeah, that actually reminds me, you did a Nutrition Diva episode about aging and our metabolism. Oh, right. And it, the study, for all of you who haven't uh, haven't heard about this, we'll put a link in the show notes to make sure that uh, you can go and find this. But the study actually showed that all other things being equal, our metabolisms are actually no slower in our 40s and 50s than they were in our 20s and 30s. What? So, <laughs> yeah. So just like Monica was saying, instead of blaming it on our biology, we may want to look at the impact of our choices and see how that's actually influencing stuff. Because again, you know, some changes are inescapable, but some of those conventional wisdom stories that we tell ourselves are actually the the real root of what's going on, not our changing biology. Yeah, that study made a lot of heads explode because we <laughs> all, you know, not just in the popular media, but in the scientific realm as well, taken as fact that our metabolisms slow down after the age of 30 or so, and mostly based on the observation that we all start to put on weight slowly at that age. And the realization that our metabolisms actually are quite steady from age 20 to about age 60 really sent a lot of people back to the drawing board. Like, okay, if it's not my slowing metabolism, then what is it? And uh, I won't take more time with that now. But yeah, if you're interested in more about that, check out that episode of the Nutrition Diva podcast. But our point here really is that what we decide to believe about the aging process really matters. Mm Because research shows that what we believe about aging actually has a very powerful effect on how we feel and function. So I was fascinated by this. Researchers from Yale University found that people who hold negative stereotypes about aging are more likely to experience actual changes in their brains that are associated with Alzheimer's disease. That is so cool. So the lead researcher, Becca Levy, says, we believe that the stress generated by the negative beliefs about aging, which individuals sometimes internalize from society, can result in pathological brain changes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like our beliefs can actually change our brains. For better or for worse, really. That's the coolest part. Yeah. She goes on to say that negative beliefs about aging can be mitigated and positive beliefs about aging can be reinforced. And so that adverse impact is not inevitable. That's really the heart of what we're doing here today. Absolutely. I got a shingles vaccine not that long ago, and I was texting with a friend of mine about how I was having some some side effects from the the vaccine and I said, yeah, I got some some body aches and just feeling a little shivery. And he said, so basically just getting old. (laughs) No, getting a vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all have somebody like that or know somebody like that in our lives that just always defaults to the, well, what do you expect? You're getting old. And, you know, he's younger than me, but he doesn't look it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dan. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, and we often talk about this whole idea in the terms of not just adopting new behaviors into your life, but often we want to focus on adopting personas or changing the way that we really think about ourselves, just like the lead researcher Becca Levy said. Right, in that sense that our identity is a really big part of the choices that we make, not just yeah. our behaviors. You're the type of person who's getting old, or you're the type of person who's just living their life. <laughs> you know, it reminds me, I used to believe about myself that I wasn't a very athletic person. I'm sure I said that mm. out loud plenty, uh, because I certainly said it inside. And this was really because I really wasn't into sports when I was a kid, so I wasn't athletic as a kid, but then I grew up and started exercising. <laughs> and at some point I realized that, you know, I had been a regular exerciser for a couple of decades and I was still running around saying like, oh yeah, I'm not very athletic. And <laughs> that just didn't match the reality. The truth was, actually was pretty athletic, but I still had that story, that identity. That probably came from a parent or a teacher or a friend or something too. But you know, some people, you probably can think of people in this category as well, they report feeling much younger than their years. And there's also research on this. This is out of Columbia University, finding that here again, our beliefs about aging play a big role. So these researchers found that those who viewed aging as a fixed, inevitable process, like your friend Dan, mm -hmm. over which they had no control, were likely to feel as old as they were. But people who viewed aging as a more malleable process that could be affected by their choices, they tended to feel younger than their years. Hmm. There are a lot more studies like this out there that look at how our beliefs about aging impact our own health and longevity. But in short, we tend to age exactly how we think we will. I'm sure you all have somebody in your life or somebody you've met along the way that is embodying that really well, somebody that seemingly refuses to act their age. And of course, I'm not, I'm not talking about those people who go out and buy like a, a convertible Corvette and try to fit in and party with the kids because that's just kind of sad. But what I am talking about is those people who are out there just doing things, adjusting appropriately for their lifestyle, but not overcorrecting, let's say. There's this woman who I, I see pretty much every morning walking down by the beach. And I, I'm not actually sure how old she is, but at one point she was walking along the sidewalk near the beach and I was down on the shore and she looked down at me and said, oh yeah, I used to walk down down there, but I found I'm just getting a little, little tippy these days and so I just walk up here. And the good part of that story is, is that she didn't just say, I'm getting a little tippy, so no more walking mm -hmm. for me. She adjusted slightly to a different location, so she was safe, but she was still getting out there and she's still doing her, I think she does two miles every single morning. And she's easily in her 70s, maybe 80s at this point. And my my father-in-law is a perfect example of this too. He We were on the bus one time and, and somebody offered him their seat and he refused it because he's like, why would I take that seat? Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. He's 80 years old, but he's absolutely able-bodied. So he wasn't allowing people's story of him influence how he was telling his own story to himself. Yeah, I have actually made it a practice to to cultivate friendships and relationships with super seniors, with people who are aging really well, and to include them in my life because I find them so 
inspiring and also just yeah. like great role models and reminding me. And we laugh uh, about some of our friends. It's like, oh, we're getting together with Ruth tonight. We better take a nap. Like Ruth is 30 years older <laughs> than us, you know, but um, she's just got so much energy, so much lust for life. And yeah, she has had to make some adjustments like you're describing, but n- in none of the ways that really matter. And I find by going out of my way to make sure that there are a lot of people like that in my life makes my own life richer and also is showing me what's possible. So I so I highly recommend it. Me too. <laughs> Some of you youngsters, you can adopt me as your super senior, okay? <laughs> we can grow into those roles Can together. I adopt you too? No, you may not, Brock. <laughs> You're not enough younger than me to do that. But. No. And, you know, look, we're not saying that you can prevent aging simply by making up your mind to remain young. We're not being delusional about this. Aging is also a physical process. We're just saying that our beliefs do also play a role. And so let's choose our beliefs carefully. So in every one of the little components of our 50,000 mile tune-up, we will have some exercises for you to do sort of in the tradition of our lab experiments. And today we're going to examine our expectations and our beliefs about aging. Where did they come from? Are they true? What evidence do we have to support them? And then what else might be possible and what evidence could we find if we went looking for it? Or could we even generate to support some of those other outcomes? And we've got all of that in a complete worksheet for you to to work through. We'd really invite you to have some fun with this. Yeah, and it's easy to find the worksheet. Just go to changeacademypodcast.com. That's the same website that we always talk about. But if you just add slash software on the end, so changeacademypodcast.com slash software, you can find the lab experiment. But you can also put yourself on our email mailing list and we'll send the materials right into your inbox. And you can do that also at changeacademypodcast.com. Yeah. And you know what? You might want to hang on to your worksheet because it would be, it might be really interesting in the weeks that come to revisit this worksheet and see how some of our beliefs and expectations may have evolved as we continue through this process. All right. I've got some worksheets that date back to the early 2000s that I still go back to to remind <laughs> myself of the things I was working on. It's so helpful to have this stuff in writing. Right. And in our next episode in the series, we're going to continue our 50,000 mile tune up with a look at our navigation systems. GPS, we're coming for you. All right. That sounds good. See you then. See you soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinagle.